0: So today we're going to venture off into a new direction here on Chicago's Legal Latte and look at a topic that we haven't really discussed before, but certainly one that uh, may impact many of you just based on the, the numbers that you find in research. Hi, everybody. This is Jim Mitchell. And while we've had uh, plenty of past discussions about creating estate plans to protect your family and your assets, we have never considered creating a trust to care for pets. As we'll learn today from Lavelle Law Attorney Jackie Lutheringhausen, it is an increasingly common scenario and one that uh, we need to be aware of. So, first of all, good afternoon, Jackie. Thanks for making the time to be here today.
1: Thanks for having me on.
0: So let's let's start, uh, kind of explain for us, if you will, what the purpose of a, tr- a pet trust would be.
1: Sure, sure. So a pet trust um, would provide for the care and financial needs of your pets after your death or if you become incapacitated. And uh, pet trusts today are becoming increasingly popular because of the number of pet owners continues to increase. I think today more than 66% of U.S. households own at least one pet and more than 45% of U.S. households own more than one pet. Um, And many people think about providing for human family members after their death or if they become incapacitated. But they don't always think about providing for their furry family members. And in many cases, um, people consider their pets as some of their closest family members.
0: And would this function really then the same way as a standard trust would?
1: Um, pretty much, you can include a pet trust as its own standalone trust, or you could include it as part of your um, existing living trust.
0: And when you're doing this, do you need to specifically identify a particular pet in the document?
1: Yes. Um, we like to provide language that's broad enough to include any pets that you currently own as well as providing for um, any pets that you own in the future. Um, so we might include language um, to the effect of something like, um, all the pets that I own at my at my desk. Um, but in some cases, you should also clearly identify specific animals that you consider pets. Uh, for example, if you own a farm full of animals, but you raised one particular horse as a pet, you want to make sure you clearly identify that one horse as your pet so that it continues to be raised as a pet after your death.
0: Interesting. Um, so we've, we've talked about this in, in terms of, as I mentioned, family members. Um, I, I, let's find out exactly how it works. So in this type of trust, explain what the role of the trustee would be relative to a designated pet.
1: Right, so um, with respect to any trust, you want to name um, a trustee um, who would be someone that's good with handling money because the role of the trustee is to manage the trust assets um, and, in the case of a pet trust, to make distributions to the caregiver on behalf of your pet. Um, you could also give your trustee some oversight responsibilities, such as doing periodic inspections of the pets, reviewing their medical records or perhaps reviewing the caregiver's expenditures on behalf of the pet. And then like any trust, you'd always want to name a successor trustee in case the initial trustee is unable to act.
0: And you mentioned the caregiver. What, what role then does the caregiver play in this scenario?
1: Yeah, the caregiver is gonna uh, have an important role because the caregiver would be the person who provides the day-to-day care of your pets. So obviously obviously, you'd want to name a person that you really trust to take good care of your pets um, mm-hmm. and also someone who'd be willing to act in that role.
0: And, and should the trustee and the caregiver be different or the same, or does it matter?
1: They can be the same person, um, but they don't have to be. And in many cases it's better that they're not the same person because someone who's good with money may not necessarily may not necessarily be as good with uh, taking care of pets and vice versa.
0: And I, I guess um, maybe a silly question, but I assume it, you want to talk to these people before designating roles and assigning them these responsibilities. Exactly.
1: Right, right, exactly. Um, you should never just assume that a family member will take your pet's Um, after your death or if you become incapacitated, because there may be issues that prevent a family member from accepting your pets. Um, For instance, they may be allergic to your pets, or um, they may be unable to take your pets into their place of residence. For instance, they may live in an apartment complex that doesn't allow pets, Um, or maybe they have worries about your pets getting along with their small children. So it's always a good idea to talk to the person you want to name as your caregiver, to see if they're actually willing and able to take on that role. And then, of course, we're, just like uh, the trustee, talking. you'd want to name... Oh, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. If so like you, the trustee, you'd want to name a successor caregiver in case the initial mm-hmm. one is unable to act.
0: Yeah, and it's obviously, you know, in, in some of these cases with various pets, uh, these pets can have rather lengthy lives, so um, you want to make sure that everyone understands the commitment they're making. We're... Um, We're talking with Attorney Jackie Lutheringhausen of Lavelle Law and uh, looking at a new topic, uh, which is creating a trust for pets. You can learn more about traditional estate planning by visiting LavelleLaw.com, and if you have any follow-up questions on today's topic, uh, reach out to Jackie at Um, 847-705-7555. This is, as I said, a new topic and one that has a lot of interesting aspects to it. Now, uh, in this process, you as a person will set aside a certain uh, amount of money or establish these relationships, um, what happens in either case where uh, either the money runs out or if you set aside money and then the pet ultimately passes away and there's still money left uh, in in that trust?
1: Um, It's a good question. So with all these pet trusts, you would want to name a a remainder beneficiary and that person or entity would be the person who would receive um, those funds if there are any remaining in the trust after the death of the pet. Um, So your remainder beneficiary could be um, a family member, a non-furry family member, Um, or you might name the caregiver as a way of thanking him or her for caring for your pets. Although I will mention that that could be problematic because um, it might give the caregiver incentive to not spend as much money on the pet so that there actually are funds remaining in the trust after the pet, mm-hmm. after the pet tr- passes away. Um, so in a lot of cases that we see people actually name a pet-related charity, such as a pet rescue society or a no-kill shelter.
0: Okay. And um, it's it's imperative, then, I would assume, that as part of the process that uh, the the owner... Uh, establishes some sort of funding then for the trust to make sure that the, the trust is going to be viable once they pass away.
1: Correct, correct. You, um, like any trust, you want to make sure that you fund the trust so it operates as it's intended. Um, so with the pet trust, you want to um, fund the trust with an amount that's reasonable um, and an amount that uh, will be sufficient to care for the needs of the pet during its lifetime and also provide the standard of care that... The pet is used to, and that you want
0: for your pet. Yeah, I'm, I'm very familiar now with people who are, um, you know, very, as you say, attached to their pets. They consider them family members, and um, as mm-hmm. those pets age, they will often give them very elaborate medical care. Um, so I assume exactly. if that is something that you want to make sure happens, you've, you've got to explain that and lay that out to the uh, to the caregiver right, and that's
1: that's the benefit of a pet trust is you can give very specific instructions of uh what type of care you want your pet to have. you know some of these pets um as they get older, you know they could need ten thousand dollar surgeries, and some pet- uh-huh. owners wouldn't blink an eye um and provide that and and others may not want to spend that much, so you want to lay out uh specific instructions uh like that as far as what kind of care you you expect your pet to have after after your death or if you're incapacitated?
0: And in doing a a traditional trust, um, I know you've taught us a little bit about powers of attorney, probably for situations just like that. Is that something that goes into a pet trust as well, then?
1: Yeah, that's um, the power of attorney for property is a document that we also like to consider when providing for um, the care of pets. Uh, And the power of attorney for property becomes important if you become incapacitated. So we recommend including a a provision in the power of attorney that allows your agent to spend money for the care of your pets while you're incapacitated. And that will ensure that your pets receive the care that you want them to um, during the period of time that you're incapacitated and are not able to provide the care yourself.
0: And uh, we've talked in the past about Probate or challenges to estate plans, things that may not be set up clearly or properly, or certain family members may object. Um, are there caveats with a with a trust for a pet that people should be aware of to make sure that their wishes are in fact going to be honored um, after they pass away and that the the pet will be cared for as they as they plan?
1: You know, I think the most important thing to remember is to um, to keep your provisions and your instructions. Reasonable. Um, For instance, when you're coming up with an amount to fund the trust, you would want to consider factors such as uh, the current age of your pet, the average lifespan of your pet's particular breed, and then average yearly expenses for your pet, such as the cost for food, doctor visits, maybe teeth cleaning, any medication the pet takes, grooming, and even occasional pet sitting or boarding fees. And then it's a good idea to add a cushion to cover additional or unexpected medical expenses um, that can arise as the pet ages. So um, given those factors, you would want to come up with an amount you think is reasonable along with a cushion, um, but it's not, it's not excessive. Cause there have been um, some cases where a judge has found an amount to be unreasonable and um, and reduce that amount. I think some people might be familiar with the Leona Hemsley case. She left $12 million to her pet dog and actually excluded some of her ears. Um, The ears challenged the gift, and the judge found it to be excessive and reduced it to $2 million, which is still a lot of money, but insignificant (laughs) compared to the size of her overall estate. So the bottom line is um, so that these, trusts and the trust provisions are not challenged you want to you know keep them reasonable such as choosing an amount you think will cover the needs of of the pet with a cushion for unexpected needs but it's not too excessive
0: and obviously i know you you practice here in the state of illinois but is this a common practice are are pet trusts uh, you know sort of recognized in different places now
1: Actually they are, They. Um, 49 states have enacted um, a pet trust um, and the only state that has not is Minnesota.
0: Well, Interesting. All right, well we, we're going to wrap up here. Any any final recap or thoughts you want to share just to make sure people understand what they should be getting into if they're going to consider a pet trust?
1: Yeah, I think that just said the pet trust is a great way to provide for um, your furry family members um, after your death or if you become incapacitated. It's a it's a way to provide immediate care for your for your pets according to the trust provisions. Um, you don't have a lag in, of time that you have with if if if, if for instance you just put a provision in your will, there may be a lag of time um, where the will has to go through the probate proceeding and then your pet may not receive um, the placement or care that it needs on a timely basis. So. With these pet trusts, you can really take great care of your pets um, after your death or while you're incapacitated um, on a timely basis, as well as being able to provide specific instructions on you know, exactly how you want your pet to be provided for um, and what, what standard of care you would like your pet to have.
0: Well, very informative discussion today, and my thanks to LaBelle Law Attorney Jackie Lutheringhausen for joining me. Um, new, I always like it when we get new topics, and uh, this is one that uh, certainly was uh, interesting to talk about. As I mentioned, you can learn more at lavelllaw.com or by giving Jackie or the other attorneys a call at 847-705-7555. Thanks so much for listening.